Right. Ready? Ready. Goalkeeper ready. Oh, I've got my thumbs up. Okay, good. Just finishing this mug of Horlicks. Oh. <laughs> Why ask us if we're ready? In the what, <laughs> what a con- con- <laughs> controversial beverage that is. I would, I would rank that very low down on my hot drinks list. Low uh, down? Yeah, very low. Really? Harley, yeah. have you had a Horlicks? I, d- I wouldn't have one, I don't think, to be honest. Is that the one that tastes like Biscoff? It's like uh, blackcurrant, isn't it? Like no, black no, it's like a no. hot biscuity drink. It's vile. Oh, I've got no idea what it is anyway. <laughs> it no, like... It's not like black currant. <laughs> I clearly yeah, that's, a, that's um, it's not lemsip. Lemsip. That's what I'm that's probably the, yeah, the that's... lowest of of hot drinks. But it's not I think really I've a drink. Always thought I don't drink lemsip for pleasure. This is like a, a pleasure <laughs> drink. <laughs> I thought you pour the rest of it down the sink, there, didn't you? Yeah. Actually, he's right. It's shit. Just poured it straight down the sink. Hello Gasheads and welcome to this week's episode of Gascast, which is the first instalment of this mini-series of weekly pods we're going to do between now and the end of the season as the Gas push for what we obviously all hope will be an immediate return to League One. And joining me this evening to pick the bones out of Rovers' one-all draw at fellow promotion hopefuls Tranmere is Mr. Max Alderson. Good evening. Good evening. And the man whose true Bristol football allegiances were finally exposed at Prenton Park it is, of course, Mr. Harley Thorne. I'm just going to start with up the gas, just to be Ooh. very clear here, before Ooh. someone accuses me. Sheet it. Sheet it. So, for those of you that haven't seen, um, I think we probably should explain what's going on here. So, um, Harley, it was obviously your stag do on the weekend. We all went to Manchester for the weekend and took in Rovers game on Saturday as part of that. And, uh, yeah, do you want to just run us through what you were wearing that day? Uh, yeah, so I, so I started off the day in a lovely pair of jeans. But once I got to the pub, I was I was gifted a, a bag containing a what I thought would be a stag do costume, you know, thinking maybe I'm dressed as a chicken for the game or something like that. Um, and upon pulling it out, the first thing I saw was a cuddly toy snake. Um and if you want to join the dots from there, I'll give you a second to guess what it is. It was a full Bristol City kit with Taylor number 10 on the back and a lovely pair of brown uh, posh shoes to to really kind of... Oh, and shin pads, you know, the, the whole the whole shebang. Full kit wanker. More than a full kit wanker. A full kit wanker with nice posh brown shoes to top it off. And the snake. And a snake, yeah. Which I believe you've had an offer to, to buy that entire outfit off of you, haven't you? Yeah, I did. I did receive a weird direct message. I don't know if the guy is listening. Um, I hope not. Um, but, but if you are listening, <laughs> his name was Terry in the in the DMs on my Twitter asking to buy the full kit and and cuddly toy of me for for three hundred pounds, which what was making profit of this, which was quite an unusual thing to receive. Um, and I'm kind of stuck between thinking the guy wants to kill me or really really loves me so i'm not sure which it is i don't think there's a middle ground here i don't think they're gonna yeah i don't think we can have a serious offer there but yeah i'll take 300 quid for it i think the, the whole kit only cost about 80 pounds i think yeah. so i'm not sure why he's offering 300 it seems 200 like... return on investment there it's, yeah. it's a solid upsell but i'm i'm not convinced that the offer is uh is safe and therefore i refuse to 
you know, on Twitter when you have to accept the message to, to kind of respond to it. I, I won't be doing that. I'm a bit scared, to be honest. Did he want the brown shoes as well? He did. Yeah, he said, he literally said he did. So, um, I mean, yeah, like maybe he's a huge Gascast fan or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Or maybe he's a massive Gascast hater and wants me to meet up with him so he can have a word. Well, if it is because he's a Gascast fan, I'll, I will happily sell the clothes off my back that I'm wearing right now to him for £300. That is uh, something I'm willing to do. So, I mean, before we before we talk about the game itself, um, as soon as we discussed doing a pod, you know, primarily on this Tranmere game, I messaged you straight away, Harley, and was like, right, we need you on this one because of your unique perspective on it. So obviously now we know what you were wearing. Um, I just want to ask you sort of what your experience of the day was like, because I imagine the day itself was a little bit of a whirlwind and, you know, we were all drinking and maybe parts of it were a bit of a blur. But now a few days later, how do you sort of reflect on what was an experience that, you know, probably hardly any other gas heads are ever going to have? What was it like? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine there are any gases that are going to have that experience. No, it was very strange. I mean, the second I put it on, we I put it on in like this Manchester pub, the Piccadilly Tavern, I think it was called. And immediately, like even just walking past Sheffield United and Wednesday, fa- I think it was Wednesday fans that were sat in the corner. Even they started taking the piss out of me, um, which, you know, I, I was I was quite reasonable with. But there was this fear like this deep ingrained fear that I was going to have to walk out in front of Rovers fans in it. And I can't quite explain how weird it is when people are having a word with you about something that you completely agree with, but can't really agree that much because you have no choice but to be wearing it. It's uh, it's a bit, it's a bit strange. Um, And it did feel like I was an opposition fan, Um, but everyone took it pretty, pretty well, really. I say everyone, 99% of people took it pretty well. Uh, in the in the away pub before, I don't know if it was an away pub, but there was a lot of away fans in there, um, right by the ground on the corner. The atmosphere was pretty good, I thought. You know, everyone everyone took it as a joke. Everyone found it found it pretty funny. Um, and that put me a bit more at ease until the concourse at halftime. That was pretty much the dodgiest bit. Um, some of the classic lot that I'm sure a few people would recognise from from trains. Uh, they'll be the people you're trying to avoid on the train. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I had to I had to leave away from them quite swiftly. One of them was was very ferociously asking me for my season card to prove my loyalty to the Rovers, um, which I refused to give. Um, but anyway, Clearly, not a regular Gascast listener if they have no idea who you are. <laughs> yeah. But I think the highlight was probably, and it probably was for everyone as well, was when I walked into the ground. That was the scariest moment, but also the one that seemed to go the best, surprisingly, because everyone just went with the joke, I think. Um, and there are a lot of pictures and videos online, which is just uh, are quite amusing. But it, in answer to your main point, when I look back on it and watch those videos, I can't really believe that, <laughs> that I went through with it. To be honest. <laughs> I really, I, I, I've even had a, I even had Wile uh, send me a DM on Twitter with a photo of me stood in the crowd, and it, it just looks utterly ridiculous. Like, <laughs> didn't he message you shirt. saying um, that's what you deserve for getting married or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, his missus isn't listening to this one himself. <laughs> but yes, yeah, he did. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's all a bit of a surreal experience, but I, I do, I do remember the game and that was probably the, yeah, I mean, I, it probably fired me up a little bit at the start, to be honest, like got my volume going, you know, I was yeah, really I was up gonna... to the game in the first place, but like when you're, 
I was just happy that the main bit was over and that I was kind of hidden away. Well, not hidden away, you know, like no one was going to come up and smack me when I was stood watching the game. I felt I felt like that was the case anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say one of my favourite moments was, um, which I've put the video of on the Gascast Twitter, was just after, obviously, you walked up the steps and all the Rovers fans were already in the away end and you got, you know, shooter, shooter, shooter. And then you, <laughs> we all sort of took our place in the, in the away end and uh, someone from the back starts going, Taylor, Taylor, give us a song. <laughs> and then you start off Irene and it literally felt like the whole away end joined in with this Irene. And then as soon as the Irene finished, it went back to shooter, shooter, shooter straight away. Again. <laughs> I just thought it was absolutely amazing. And um, But yeah, I was going to say about when we were walking from, because we got the train from Manchester to, was it Birkenhead Central? And then we walked about half an hour to the ground and um, yeah. walking through Birkenhead and... I don't know how to put this politely, but Birkenhead is, it's an, it's an interesting place. And, um, then, you know, we got a few people driving past us and winding down their windows and going, you know, oh, Bristol wankers and all this sort of stuff. And, um, I remember you turning to me and saying, this is probably the only moment of the day where I'm going to feel like the safe one in this group because they're all, <laughs> all the Tranmere fans driving past are obviously hating us and they don't give a shit about the guy in a full Bristol City kit. But for the rest of the day, obviously you were number one enemy. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I surreal. Think, I, think, I think the most funny thing is, and, and sorry if anyone's listening to this, but the people that didn't kind of grasp that it was a joke, like there were a few people that came up in the pub before and were like, why are you wearing that? And it's like, oh, well, like, you know, I woke up this morning, I thought I'd put my Sunday best on, pop the full kit city shirt on and just, you know, <laughs> head off to the Rovers, you know? It's... <laughs> yeah, well, there was, a, there was a guy who walked into the pub past me and he turned to, oh, he, I think he said out loud, sort of, who's that prick? And then he turned to me and he was like, is that a joke or is he actually a City fan? And me being drunk and thinking it was funny at the time, I dead seriously said back to him, I was like, no, he's actually a City fan. Thinking he'd get my sarcasm and he didn't. And he just glared at you. And then I think the rest of the group had to go like, no, no, yeah. no, it's, it's a joke. It's he a had joke. like a Buzz Lightyear sarcasm shield over his head, didn't it? Just yeah. like, just him. Bounced straight over him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did not go down as well as I thought it would. But um, yeah. anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to the game. And... I want to, before we go into the game itself, I just want to sort of talk about how we all felt coming away from it. Because obviously it was a huge match. Um, so Max, let's come to you. Cool. Coming away from the ground, obviously one all draw. Um, what were your feelings about it walking away from, from the stadium on Saturday? Were you happy with the point or disappointed or, you know, where were you? I was disappointed, really. I thought we had a lot of the ball, but didn't do much with it. Um we didn't get at them enough. Um, we almost seemed scared to get crosses in. And I think that's probably because we're pretty dreadful at crossing uh, and we have nothing really in the middle physically. Um, so every time we seem to get it wide, we, we kept trying to cut inside and we just were, were met with, you know, the, the Tranmere brick wall, which um, has been one of the best defences in, in the league this season. They have the best home record in the season, in the league this season as well. So it was always going to be difficult to breach that defence, but I was confident that if we went 1-0 up, we would see the game out. Um, they never really threatened us um, in that first half. Um, and then, you know, pretty much in exactly the same way as the Bradford game, they go 1-0 up completely against the run of play with their first real chance of the game, um, thanks to one slight defensive mis- mishap. Um, and yeah, much like the Bradford game, I was a bit more fearful this time because... Like I just said, Tramia just so solid. They they didn't look particularly remarkable, but they looked very competent and their defensive shape and structure was just so effective and hard to break down. 
Um, and when we went one 0 down, I, I just felt from the off that um, it was going to be a, a difficult day to get three points. Um, even after um, you know we got the equaliser, we had a, we had a good five ten minute spell. Um, but they rode that storm, and once they rode that storm, it just looked more and more unlikely that we were going to snatch a winner. Um, you know, they they were very good at um, you know the the tactics. Um, yeah, yeah. So Harley, as Max just said there. I mean, it, uh, we talked about this on the pod last week and it is a bit of a theme for me with Rovers in our recent games. I look back at the last five or six or so and in all of them, other than um, that Bradford game, we dominated the ball but didn't really create much. I mean, in that Bradford game, we didn't create great chances, but we had 31 shots. So, mm-hmm. you know, the likelihood is some of them are going to go in and obviously two did and we won the game. But looking back at those other games, um, we didn't really create a lot. And again, in this first half in particular, I'm just looking at the stats here. We had 66% of the ball, but we didn't have a single shot on target. And Max and I were talking last week how the start of this game, we want Rovers to you know, dominate the ball like we usually do, quieten down the home crowd and just build our way into it, not concede early and give the crowd something to get behind. And we did that brilliantly. I thought some of the football, again, was really nice. The pass in the movement. You know, I think we're currently playing some of the best stuff I've seen from a Rovers side in ages. But... Chance creation is a problem for us, isn't it, at the moment? It is. And it's it kind of feels like I don't think Collins had his best game on Saturday. He hasn't really been been on fire for quite some time. Um and I do think if he if he was a bit more confident and, and playing his best game, then then we would naturally be creating some more chances because because like Max said, we don't really tend to put the ball into the box in the traditional kind of Daryl Clark side way, where he, it was just literally put it down the wing, stick the ball in the box. You know, we, we try and kind of play play people through the through the middle. And and when Collins isn't quite at it, you feel that a lot. Um, I thought when Leon came on, we did start to get the ball a little bit more in the right areas, but he, he didn't really have his best game either, Leon, to be honest. I mean, he missed a header that I think he probably should have done a lot better with, but... I think it is just, I just don't think we've got the striker sorted yet in this team. And I think that has a knock-on effect to, to kind of that final that final ball. Um, I like Collins a lot. I do think he's better a little bit wider out. And maybe he can do the role he's put in at the moment, but he's just not quite cutting it at the moment. So <laughs> I don't have the answers, but uh, I do think it's just... Joey's Joey's assembled a hell of a side and and the football we play is superb but the one bit he hasn't got right I don't think so far is that is that striker um and listening to his interview after the Tranmere game I think he kind of I think he openly acknowledged that we're not quite getting that final ball right and that we're going to work on it so whenever he says that he does tend to tend to actually make it happen so I'm interested to see where we go after this but credit to Tranmere as well I mean like you know they they drew with Port Vale at home in nineteenth nineteenth of Feb. Guess I'm looking at the fixtures right now, and <laughs> um, they drew they beat Mansfield at home as well. So you know they're, they're no pushovers, and we just expect a lot right now because well because we play such good football, you just expect to win the game, don't you? Every time. Yeah, just going back to what what you were asking, you know, about me how I felt like coming away from the stadium and how I was uh, relatively despondent and a bit upset I think with a few days to reflect I'm actually pretty happy with the point um like I said they got the best home record in the league um and then they are tough and you know away from home against another side in the playoffs yeah it was an opportunity to really make some ground um but I don't think you know it was a game we couldn't lose really and if you can't win then don't lose and that's what we did 
Um, we, we came back and drew the game from, from a losing position. So uh, I am pretty happy with the point. Um, and to be honest, had Newport not scored an injury time winner against Swindon, we actually would have made more ground, uh, put more distance between ourselves and um, the outside the playoffs teams. We would have been four points um, up from three points the week before. Um, it's just because of that last minute goal, it's now shrunk to two points. So, you know, it, it could, have, could have been an excellent point. I think if that was the case, we'd all be pretty happy. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a good point, but it obviously does put pressure on the next couple, um, which, are, which are difficult fixtures. But, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of like, well, we have been on an absolutely outstanding run. Uh, we can't win every week and we came up against another very good team. Um, and I think defensively we met our match. Um, we just couldn't quite break through enough. So I think we kind of just say, well, we have to move on from that and look at the last five and um, just try and get as many wins as possible from those last five um, to, to finish where we need to finish. Yeah, I agree. So, so just going back to the um, the chance creation theme, Max, um, do you think that it is a personnel issue? Like as Harley just said, he thinks that the the central striker role with Collins there, who's you know a bit off form at the moment, he thinks that's the issue. Or do you think that it's more of a sort of style of play issue? Because at times for me, as I said, I think we play brilliant football. The pass and the movement's great. I think um, we had overall we had about sixty nine percent possession in this game, which you know away a uh, fellow playoff hopeful team is just absolute domination really which we don't see from a lot of other league two teams um but at times to me it feels a little bit slow and it feels like we give the opposition time to get all their men behind the ball and you know there's a I went on the Tranmere forum and there's a quote here from from a Tranmere fan that says personally I thought they were far better than us technically but they did so little with the ball it was quite amazing if they could go for a short pass rather than defense splitting one they seem to prefer that pretty much every time I don't recall a save that Murphy had to make from a proper chance he had no chance with their goal which was poor defending um so yeah what do you think it is do you think it is a personnel thing or is it a style of play or a bit of both well yeah a bit of both mostly style I would say but then that's obviously based on what personnel you have um we're kind of trying to make the most of the players we've got but I do think that the system we've got is four two three one, um, with a poacher up front. Um, but that poacher also is able to kind of turn around and, and have a little bit of hold at play and, and do a lot of pressing as well. I don't really know how to describe that role. Maybe a pressing forward who's a bit of a poacher. I think that's definitely the role that, that Collins plays. And I think the idea f- for the way we want to attack is um, to get the ball out wide, cut inside and have shots, um, or, or pass inside to an attacking midfielder for a long shot. You know, we've got that with Evans, we've got that with Anderson, um, we've got that with the other Anderson, so trickery to get inside the area as well and get shots off. And then Collins is kind of there in the attacking sense to jump on second balls, jump on rebounds, um, or, or just be there as a, a, a sideways pass for a, for a quick snapshot. I think that's kind of his role as, an, as a striker. And I think we've struggled to really create too many chances for him in that regard. I don't really think we look to make chances for Collins. We kind of look to create space out wide and in the attacking midfield areas to drive into um, and, and get box entries that way. Um, I don't really think we use a forward, you know, as, as the main goal scoring threat in this. I think the attacking three are kind of uh, where we're expecting 10 goals each from your attacking midfield, your left wing and your right wing. I think that's kind of where we see the source of goals from. Um, and to be honest, yeah, I, I think we have struggled with it a little bit lately. Obviously, we've been on a great run, but like you said, we aren't scoring masses and we aren't creating a huge amount of chances other than that Bradford game, which was just an insane an insane game. 
for us. We we were on such good form that day. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm not sure. I, I I think it's a massive shame we don't have the right striker for this system. If we had someone more versatile, we would be able to um, be more versatile with our attacks and get it into those wide areas. Actually, get crosses in that someone could get on the end of. Um, because when we're with this one dimensional in terms of our attack, we become very easy to. Uh, defend against, which is what we saw at Tranmere. I think you know Peter Clark, who's obviously very experienced in his forties, um, didn't really have much to do uh, or have a difficult field day at all. Um, so yeah, we didn't really ask enough questions of them, and I think that is down to the system. And it's a shame, like I said, because next year we, we will obviously look to get that striker in, but we're going to be losing a lot of those attacking players. You know, Nicholson out of contract, Evans out of contract, Elliot Anderson going back. So it's almost like, do we rebuild a, a new system? Um, with with we'll obviously have to if we lose them, um, or do we kind of stick to this style which Barton's adopted? It's difficult to know whether he's um, fitted this style and this attacking formation around the players he's got, or whether he's recruited for it. I think it's probably uh, the, the the former in the fact that sorry, yeah, yeah, the former in the fact that he started out the season with one to play three four three. It's not worked. He lost some players. He signed some players. And this is the formation he's, he's trying to play to get the best out of them. But I think next season, either way, it's going to be a, a change. Um, so we kind of have to hope that this works out and we go up, really. Um, otherwise, yeah, it is going to have to be, you know, tear it out and start again. Yeah, I mean, obviously I am skipping ahead a little bit here, but the the lack of crossing thing that you just mentioned, does it does frustrate me a bit at times because, like, if you think about our goal in this game, it came from Collins had the ball on the right, cut onto his left foot, crossed it in, and then from the second phase, Hall headed it back into um, Billy, who obviously scored an amazing goal. But it came because we got the ball in the box. And I just feel like in League Two, defenders in League Two are in League Two for a reason. And I just feel like if you get enough quality balls in the box at this level, then it doesn't. you don't necessarily need a big target man on the end to head it in. You know, you can get just second phases of play like that. A bad clearance comes out and someone's coming on the edge of the area. We got enough players like Finley, Evans, Elliot Anderson, who can strike a ball from the edge of the area. You know, they've scored so many goals like that. And I just feel like if we did that a bit more often, then maybe rather than trying to, it almost feels like we try and score the perfect goal or create the perfect chance at times. There's just one too many passes rather than someone just slinging a ball in the box and, and seeing what happens. But yeah, anyway, so obviously halftime, nil-nil. Um, second half started. Rovers on top again at the start of the second half, but then... Uh, Tranmere took the lead 56 minutes uh, Joe Murphy their keeper slipped the whole away end jeered at him went way and then he punted it over our entire team and Hemmings ran onto it and smashed it past Belshaw um, Harley that was a poor goal to give away wasn't it yeah I mean I just I, it's just one of those isn't it you, I, like you say not only were we jeering the keeper but I, I was looking at him at the time and I'm pretty sure he was looking away for most of the ball travelling so I, I think he kind of kicked in and kind of gave a shrug as if, to, you know, as if to say like, oh, that was a close one. And then he looked back up. I don't even, I don't think he had any intention of doing what he did. Um, it's just one of those. I, I really struggled to pick it apart, really. It's it's just happened. And our centre-backs have been so good for us as well. You just, it happens, doesn't it? I, I was more concerned by the second chance that Belshaw fortunately saved. Yeah, so shortly after that, Elliot Nevitt, I mean, Taylor, I think, sort of misjudged a high ball, got caught underneath it. Elliot Nevitt ran in uh, one-on-one and Belshaw pulled off a massive save. Uh, Max, do you think that was kind of the turning point in a way that led to us getting back into it? Because you've got to think at 2-0 with their you know, good defensive record, as you said, it probably would have been game over, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, as soon as uh, Taylor misjudged the bounce and he was in, I thought this is game over here. Um, but there is that man again, James Belshaw, saving us, saving us in games and winning us points. And I probably I've lost count of the the amount of points he's won us this season. And, and in those big moments, he's he's always been there. Um, and it's yeah, it's a great save um, down low to his to his to his left. Um, striker probably should have done better. But um, yeah, I agree. It was a bit of a wake-up call. Um, I think, you know, when, when you're 1-0 down and that happens, um, the leaders in, in that squad kind of turn around and you're a bit like, come on, get let's get a grip here. We are, we are, we are slipping. This is slipping away from us. We've got to regain control and actually start taking the game to them. And you could see that because the we immediately turned and passed forwards. Finley was getting it in the attacking midfield position and turning and running at them. And we, we definitely seem to attack uh, with more directness and intensity after that. Um, and, and then we we scored, you know, ten minutes after their their opener, we equalised. Um, and then, like I said, the ten minutes after that, they were on the ropes really. And um, there was that one really good Elliot Anderson chance, which he snatched at. Uh, sorry, took took too much time over rather than the snatch that he probably should snatch should have snatched at it. Um, and, and a couple of others that you know came close. Um, and and yeah, that really did wake us up and galvanise us. And you know, I, I, I turned to Jake Barber, who's next to me, actually, I think. And I said to him, um, we needed to go one nil down almost in that in the game because we were almost just too pedestrian. Um, yeah, we controlled the game. But like that Tramway fan said on the forum, we almost always, if, when there was a, a, a someone making a run in behind, but an easier pass sideways, we would make that pass just to retain the possession uh, and be patient. And we were just almost too patient. You know, I think it was, 50, they scored on 64 minutes, I believe, or something like that. They scored on 56 and we scored 56, on 63. Yeah. Yep. For 56 minutes, I don't think we made, we took one risk with the ball, really. Um, and it wasn't until we go 1-0 down that we actually started taking a few risks. And that's when we're at our best. You know, we, we lose the ball. We should be confident that we can win it back. We shouldn't be afraid to use the ball when we have possession with it. It's it's much better. I, I know having that this much control in games is good but you want to be doing that when you're ahead in the game um you don't want to be doing that when it's nil nil or you're losing um we we have as we just discussed last week one of the best ball winning midfields in, in the league with with Coots and Finley and behind them the back four uh are also very very good at aerially we should have confidence in our ability that if we lose it we can win it back and we displayed that because every time we did in the first half our counter pressing was fantastic we were dominant in the air and we recycled play really well. But what we did every time we won it was turn and just pass it back to that back four. And then it was left, right, left, right across the back four for a couple of iterations before we actually tried going forwards. And we should just be a little bit more brave on the ball. Um, I think play, some players need to take a bit of attacking responsibility. Um, I know Harry Anderson tried a lot on that flank to turn his man and get, get him behind. But again, there's just that question of what do you do in that final third out wide? Because there's nothing in the middle to cross that. Um, we just seem to cut inside and then it's just very congested. So we kind of need to try something a bit different. You know, we've got three really tough games against three three teams who are in really good, well, two in really good form and one who is top of the league. Um, and we need to prove that we're worthy of going up, to be honest. Um, this is the time to do it. Um, be, be brave, um, be ambitious and, um, yeah, take the game to these teams, um, not just in a possession way, but actually threatening their goal. Yeah, so Harley, I'll let you do the honours of talking us through Rovers' equaliser because, as we said, 63 minutes. Collins, who was playing on the right after Leon Clark came on, I actually thought Collins looked quite good out there. Um, he got a ball in. It was headed out. Uh, Luca Hall then headed it to Billy, and Billy did something absolutely ridiculous. Just, yeah, talk me through that goal. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's all a blur, one of those, isn't it? Mainly because of the reaction after it at the back of the net. Because with the context of the fact that it was my stag do, I'd probably drank about 10 pints by that point, maybe five Jaeger bombs. Uh, I was just, all I wanted from the day was a goal. Like, you know, you know, when you're just like, I just want to celebrate a goal. That's it. <laughs> you just want some limbs. I just want some limbs. And um, yeah, it was a pretty spectacular goal, wasn't it? I mean, I was saying on the way up to all the neutrals that came with us, I was just saying, you you watch this Geordie lad we've got. Um, I don't actually know if he's Geordie, but um, Scottish, English, whatever he is. Um, you watch this 19-year-old from Newcastle we've got because he is just utterly unbelievable. And they all came away saying the exact same thing. He's absolute class. Um, great finish just makes it look really classy doesn't he like every, everything he does with the ball he just makes look makes it look a bit sexier so um yeah i love watching him play i'm quite devastated he's never going to be back uh, i saw today that he might be going to preston so um yeah he's definitely on his way up but yeah he deserves it uh good goal they took our last billy as well preston <laughs> yeah ruined him or his acl yes. did i'm not sure <laughs> bit of both i think um so anyway yeah so between a bit of a similar theme to the first half really because between that goal and full time rovers only had one shot on target which was a pretty tame leon clark effort from outside the area which rolled into murphy's hands um max were you a bit surprised at seeming so happy to settle for a point because i mean to me it looked like from about the 25th minute they were time wasting and, you know, Murphy was taking a while with his goal kicks and they were sort of buying these little free kicks and taking a while to take all of them. And, you know, with, with how results were going, they were dropping outside the playoffs. And that was quite clear to them for, for about 30, 40 minutes of that game. And But they just seemed very, very happy to take a point, whereas we were the ones trying to get the game going and get it moving and really push on to get the winner. They seemed very, very settled for that for that point. Yeah, I think they know that they're a bit out of form. They had obviously two red cards in their game previous and two first teamers out with, with sickness as well in Tom Davies and uh, Josh McPake. So um, I think they were a bit depleted. Um, they were aware that we were vastly superior on the ball in terms of retaining possession and controlling the game. So I think they kind of set up for a bit of a smash and grab uh, kind of game. Um, and they got that. I think you know they, as soon as they, they got their chance, it was their first real chance of the game and they and they scored it and he absolutely smashed it into the net and um i think yeah it's a very good finish from kane hemmings and um yeah it's uh it's one of those where i think they were hoping to go one nil up and then just frustrate us on the ball we responded in excellent fashion uh to going one nil down um and we did need a bit of billy magic to to get that equalizer um, but yeah, it very easily could have gone another way. You know, had we had they held out for ten minutes and just slowed the game down, and we'd not got that chance, it could have then devolved into to kind of how the last twenty minutes of the game were, when not there were was not a great deal of chances for either side. Um, so I think that's kind of what they set up for. Um, and yeah, the game kind of as it went on, and it was one-one. Um, it, it did kind of look like they were just thinking, yeah, let's let's just try and survive these Bristol Rovers attacks. Maybe try and snatch another at the end. But you know, our defending was was strong, so was theirs, and then it, it pitted out into a one-one. Um, I think they'll be content with that. Um, like I said, they're pretty depleted side. We obviously are, are gunning to try and stay in this, these playoff zones um, in this tough run we've got, and it's a game. You know, these first two against Tranmere and Salford are probably the two more winnable. Um, of the four, uh, looking at Port Vale, that looks a very tough place to go and get get anything at the minute. The Forest Green, top of the league, 
I think, you know, they're not in great form, but you'd be a fool to underestimate them. They're up there for a reason and they have got the quality in their side to punish any team. So um, this was a game that we were trying to look to take maximum points from. I think they were hoping to maybe fluke it. Well, not fluke, but maybe just take a smash and grab 1-0 win. Um, so, yeah, it kind of just kind of met in the middle of, of what both two teams were trying to do. And that's ultimately why it finished in a draw, I think. Yeah, so let's go on to preview those two enormous games. I'm going to get sick of saying enormous games on these pods over the next few weeks, I think. But there's no other way of saying it. Massive game. Massive game. We've got coming up this bank holiday weekend. Um, obviously, Salford at home. Salford at eighth, two points behind us. And Vale are currently third, five points ahead of us. Um, Harley, are you going into these games still with a bit of hope of Rovers pushing for one of those top three spots or are you more hoping that we're still sat in the the playoff zone when we get to the end of this weekend upcoming? Oh, I'm 100% still looking at the top three. 100%. Why did I even ask you? It was so like, obvious. I, like, I was, I was not, to be honest, it's obviously disappointing that we didn't win on, against Tranmere, but away from home to a team right up there that's good at home, a point is a good result and it's always going to be about I, I I was saying the same as what Max mentioned earlier, really. It's just don't lose. We just can't lose. Um, I think um, looking at previous seasons, before the game on Saturday, we could probably drop five points in our last six um, and still make that top three spot. Uh, we've just dropped two. So, you know, we've we've lost a little bit of our wiggle room, but it's... It's all going to come down to those Vale games that Forest Green, Salford, our next three, really. They're the, you know, football's not that easy. Of course, Dale away is going to be difficult and Scunthorpe at home, Dagenham, case in point. But um, those next three are where we'll find out whether we're going to be in with a shot, right? And I've, I'm going to be fascinated to see how we bounce back on Friday, if we do bounce back, because that is such a challenging game. And um, I don't think we'll lose that top three spot based on our draw at Tranmere away. I think on the course of the season. That's a pretty good point. Yeah. So Harley, obviously I'm coming back to you. Obviously we all want Rovers to go and take six points from these next two, but how many would you be happy with as a minimum? If I, if I offered it to you now for the next two, I, I think if we want, we have to have six, really, we have to, we have to take maximum points um, to get top three. We've got to take maximum points there. Um, would you but, take four if it was drawing with Salford and beating Vale? No, I don't think we've got that kind of wiggle room now. I mean, like, only because Forest Green, Tail and Scunthorpe, you know, it's it's a challenge. Like I just said, I, th- I think worked out that you could probably drop five, so let's say four, <laughs> a bit more comfortable. I reckon we can draw one game, really, for the rest of the season. So we've got to come through these next two games pumped up and in the form of our lives, really, you know. And I think that Port Vale game is really the one that will show whether we've got what it takes. Um, but I want six points. I'll be disappointed. Uh, obviously, if we win the Port Vale game after drawing against Salford, I'm going to come out of it pumped when, I, when I'm leaving the ground. But realistically speaking, I think we need to be aiming for six points there. And, um, and I think we can do it as well. You know, I think, um, I think a, what a lot of people are kind of overlooking a little bit with the control and the possession play is that, it's not easy to just set a team up to dominate the game week in, week out, away from home and at home. Like that's, I've I've never seen a Rover side do. It. I've I've been going for what like fifteen years, season to get older now probably. Um, my first season was Trollops promotion season, and I can't remember us dominating the ball home and away like this in my entire life. It's 
I'm, I'm incredibly excited to watch Rovers every single week now. That's not been the case, even under Cufflin when we were at the top of League One. I didn't, I didn't feel that way. Um, I know, I know how many people said, "Well, it's all about winning." And of course, it is. But ultimately, the reason we were quite happy to see the back of Cufflin was because it was absolutely dire football, right? And I think this is the closest we've ever been to building a team that dominates week in, week out. And yeah, we might not have the final ball sorted now, but. I don't think you can put a possession side together and immediately bang in the goals every single week. You know, you've got to, you've got to build on a foundation and hate to say it. Who was the manager that said trust in the process? That's that's what I'm going to say here. Like, yeah, trust, you've got to like, you got, but you've got to, you've got to build that foundation and ultimately they'll get better and better at that final ball every single week. Right. I mean, that's what happened against Bradford. We, we started to get more chances, but we couldn't finish them. Tranmere were a team that cancel you out. We didn't make as many chances, you know, but it's only going to happen by growing as a team playing that football, right? And I hope personally we keep playing it. I, th- I think if this team plays 46 games, you know, from the start of the season, we, we finish top three. Um, I'm very confident of that. Um, I, I, yeah, you look at the, us since Christmas, we, we've been, I think, second in the league or first in the league. So the process is obviously working and, you know, we've got a data pool of probably 20 games of us playing probably since Christmas, maybe a bit less. Um, and it's enough for me to, to confidently say we will be automatically promoted, I think, with this squad. Um, yeah, it could be better. And obviously we're chasing a lot of lost ground from, from the, the, the first three, four months of the season. Um, but yeah, I I think that, that we're probably better than a lot of teams around us. We just, yeah it's difficult when you have a, a start as bad as we've had, but yeah, the football is fantastic to watch. And I agree with you. I look forward to going to home games and, and away games as well. But I, I just, on a Saturday, driving to the Mem in the morning, seeing everyone, having a beer, having a bit of bit of food chips before the game, fan zone, in we go. And I know I'm going to be entertained. I know it's not going to be attritional, boring football. I know that, that we're going to get on the ball and do some exciting stuff. And we've got some players who... I get out, well, we're stood up anyway, but if I was sat down, I'd be getting out of my seat every time they get the ball. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good times. And um, I have some doubts as to whether we, we, we could win the playoffs given our record against the top, the top six, seven sides. Um, but even if we don't, you know, I think largely this season we can look back and say we had an awful start. We did tremendously well to get up to the playoffs from where we were. We showed automatic promotion form to get there. Um, and whether it'll be enough or not, I think if we miss out, I won't be too despondent. I'll kind of be like, we were just, we did fantastically well to get there and we, we, we had a good go. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty chill about, you know, our chances and, and what happens for the rest of the season. I'm kind of, as the old cliche goes, I'm just along for the ride at the minute, uh, and I'm enjoying it. So yeah, it's, it's good times to be a Rovers fan and hopefully we get promoted. But if we don't, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty chill. I, you know, I think we'll, we'll come strong again. Yeah, and have, having said what I what I have about sort of our lack of chance creation and lack of goals in recent games, it probably is important to balance it out by saying, you know, in the last I had got a stat here in the last fifteen games, Rovers have only haven't conceded two or more in a single game. So you've got to go back to the eighth of February, that two one loss at Oldham, to the last time we conceded more than one goal in a game. So although we're not creating enough with the possession, we're almost defending through having a lot of the ball. Um, and it is just that final touch that's missing. And let's hope that, you know, that clicks into gear for, for these last few games of the season, maybe the playoffs, if, if we end up there. 
Um, so Max, coming back to you, assuming everyone who started against Tranmere is fit to go again, is there any changes you'd make to the lineup for Salford? Uh, Evans for Nicholson. I'm not going to forget it this week. Um, <laughs> after I forgot that Nicholson existed uh, on the last week's prediction. But um, yeah, I, I thought, again, he was pretty ineffective. Uh, he got carted off for Leon Clark um, and then Collins drifted out wide in the second half. Um, yeah, just another frustrating one for Nicholson because he always looks like he's going to do something good, but rarely does. And I think when a player's out of form, you've got to give someone else a chance. And if Evans isn't fit, to be honest, I would even give Luke Thomas a go um, over over Nicholson. I think he's had enough chances over the last 10 games. He must have, what, 10 starts in a row for us or, or something similar? Maybe started nine of the last 10. I can't remember a game he's not played recently or, or a spell he's not been in the side. Um, and I, he's not really done much for me at all or anything. So I'd be up for giving someone else a chance. This is We've got fierce competition in the squad. Um, I don't see the harm in at home giving... Luke Thomas will go on the left and, and giving him a chance to prove himself um, in the running um, if Evans isn't available. Uh, but if, if Evans is fit, then yeah, I'd, I'd stick him straight in for, for Nicholson because I think he's probably the most reliable uh, attacking player we've got for that front third. Um, so yeah, that would be my change. Um, I would probably stick with Trevor Clark um, if Anderson's, I'm not sure on his fitness. Um, but I think he's kind of done enough. I was actually really impressed with him at Tranmere uh, defensively. I thought he, when he tracked back superbly, his pace was really, really useful. Um, when they got him behind a couple of times, he had paced his man and shielded it um, and just made all the right decisions defensively. And I, I was probably more impressed with his defensive game than, than his offensive, which is probably um, what was described as, as, as his, his primary strength. I thought defensively, he, he worked really worked hard for the team. And um, yeah, I'd be keeping him in there for now, uh, at least. Okay, lovely. So let's end the game by the game. Let's end the pod by getting some, by getting some score predictions uh, for these two games we've got coming up. So Harley, give me your Salford score prediction. Uh, probably classic one 0 win. Max, I'm gonna go a classic two one win. Okay, uh, I will go. Classic. <laughs> yeah, which is I'll... more classic? Uh, well, listeners, let us know. Uh, I will go one nil win. Uh, vale, that's the most Harley. classic. <laughs> Harley um, Vale score prediction. Oh, I mean, the problem with these predictions is that they're so there's no head over heart here whatsoever. You know, it's purely what do I want, and that is a it's pure heart. It's a, it's a, there's absolutely nothing in it that's me saying, oh, let's be realistic here. It's going to be a one nil smash and grab away win. I it's thought you were going to say 4-0 then. After no, that no. Big <laughs> no, it won't be a 1-0 smash and grab. It'll be a 1-0 domination of Vale. Absolutely play him off the park. Stick it in the bottom corner. Absolute scenes. Which uh, which City shirt will you be wearing to that one? Will you get your Trundle 23 out for that one? Do you reckon? I know, I'll, I'll probably wear the Barney the Dinosaur one. You know, the okay, nice yeah. purple with the green trim. Yeah, like yeah. that one. Mawam wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you uh, like Mawam? Max, what about your Vale prediction? Uh, I'm going to go 3-2 defeat. I think we're going to give it a good go, but they've got goals, goals, goals in them. Um, and they're just very, very effective. Um, they've got a lot of options in attack. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think we are in for a very tough game. Probably uh, our toughest, well, for me, it is the toughest of the remaining five games. Um, you know, they're going to be looking to potentially secure automatics. Um you know, really cement like a, a three, three, four, five, six 
point gap between them and uh, the playoffs. So, um, yeah, they'll be well up for it. So will we. I think there's goals in the game. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a five-goal thriller, which we're going to be on the wrong side of. But hopefully I'm wrong. Okay. And finally, I will go for a 2-2 draw from that one, I think. Um, Similar probably, to them, but... Yeah, I goal. don't... I, yeah, I mean, realistically, I probably think we're going to lose, but for the for the sake of providing a bit of positivity after you've predicted a defeat, I'm going to go for a draw. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be probably one of our hardest games of the season, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're absolutely flying at the moment at home. There's going to be a big crowd there. They've got the whole, you know, Daryl returning factor as well, which I think has probably added an extra bit of galvanization. Is that a word? I have no idea, but it's probably galvanized the squad a little bit as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very tough game, but we shall see. Um, and we'll wrap it up there. So thank you to everyone for listening and we will be back next week on the other side of that weekend when we will know a lot more about where Rovers sit and whether we are still aiming for the autos or whether we have settled for the playoffs. So until then, take care everyone and up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas. Up the gas.